and we're back this is this is america i know you guys missed us i've missed you um so today we have me ariana i'm corinne uh gabrielle i'm austin um so welcome guys austin is a new newcomer to our our show and obviously corinne is coming back from last week and then we have an amazing gabby um with us and so today we're actually just going to be talking about um Congress, current events, anything really that we would like to talk about. But I first want to pose the question um, to you guys. And what are your guys' current thoughts on Congress, if you have any? Well, we were kind of discussing this before you left the room for a second. Um, I personally feel like I don't know enough about all aspects of Congress to, like, have an opinion. I know, like, you had asked... um, specifically like what ways do we think congress has failed um you know today and and throughout history and again i just like me personally i don't feel like i know enough mm-hmm. to answer that question in a in a proper manner well i think uh that you know with impeachment going on recently um congress has been especially divided and you know impeachment is supposed to be about justice and uh, you know, the rule of law in democracy. And I think that's really unfortunate that it's been politicized mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of been like Republicans versus Democrats uh, in, you know, what they want to happen with the impeachment proceedings. So that's kind of how I think Congress has failed. Um, but, you know, that's kind of looking at like the smaller picture of things. I think just the fact that, you know, impeachment is finally happening, you know, just look look at the bright side um, that it is doing its job and upholding the Constitution at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So. Austin? Like, my, my thoughts on, like, Congress are, like, kind of, like, divided in the sense of, like, I don't think Congress has genuinely, like, failed. I just think that, like, Congress does not have internal respect for the institution mm. so like what ends up happening is that congressmen and women end up as scapegoats for mm. the presidency yeah and like you you can like look at you know with the trump impeachment or the clinton impeachment um as examples of like party discipline has become like a scapegoat machine so like lindsey graham was a scapegoat for republicans and you know 1998 um now it's like you know uh jim jordan Jordan. the the republican congress congressman um who's like you know a super trump supporter in this regard like you just constantly have somebody who takes the blame for the administration so that way they can do what they want basically yeah and at the end of the day like there's no check on their powers like Mm you know, like, in the responsibilities of the presidency. It's constantly growing, and nobody in Congress has, like, loyalty to the institution to, like, stop the growth of the executive branch. So, like, I don't think it's failed, but, like, I just think that it's failing, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I like how you brought up, like, loyalty, too, because I feel like we we always hear it, too, where it's, like, people have now a loyalty to, like, the party instead of Congress. And so... I, I think it's not that Congress has failed, like the institution itself. I feel as though it's the party that's failing because, I mean, I feel like America was warned from the beginning that having political parties would just be the, like, the ending of d- 
I don't know if I'm wording this correctly, but like just the end of like democracy completely because then it would be just about the parties and not actually about the system itself. And I don't know. I just I like how you did word it that way where it's it's not really Congress is failing. It's just like representatives. Yeah. Also, I think that over time we've seen the Congress has continued. Um, you know, increasingly started serving the executive branch and, like, the wins of the president when, you know, Congress is meant to be representatives. You know, that's why it's called the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to serve the people. And, you know, that's why they got elected to um, serve the interests of the people. But it's kind of ironic in that, like, to get reelected, they kind of work for or against the president because that's what unifies the party. Yeah, like, I, I think that, like, because this is just going to, like, start talking about, like, the political system as a whole, but, like, I don't think, like, parties are necessarily a bad thing either. Like, because, mm -hmm. like, it's, like, oftentimes, like, we just, like, scapegoat, like, all of our problems with, like, you know, Congress, and then it's, like, all oh, parties suck, you know, like, That's true. always, like, doing that. But, like, parties serve as, like, a really useful tool for, you know, our country to, like, utilize, but I think, like, at times we overutilize it in the sense, like, we put too much responsibility for like parties to solve all the problems and then like we're constantly like going back and forth to yeah. what we want because like parties they they like put us on track to like do something mm -hmm. like without a party and like you know individualistic like mindset of like politics like we're never going to do anything because like everybody's little issue is never going to amount to enough to like get a big issue solved mm -hmm. so like i i think like we're we're going like Whenever we talk about politics, like, we scapegoat all the time. Like, parties just suck. Or, like, you know, Congress just sucks. Or the presidency sucks. Like, we always, like, find a problem and just say, like, this is the problem with, like, politics. But, like, I think, like, you just have to, like, recognize that, like... Yeah, it's, like, the system as a whole. Yeah. Not just, like, one aspect of the system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I was going to ask, like, then who... Who is to blame, then, if, if the system is failing? I don't, I don't think, like, that's... I think, like, that's part of the problem is, like, we're pointing to somebody... Mm. or something because like maybe like the the situation is like the way parties interact with like congress is a problem so like we check that but we don't like all parties suck all together like uh what is it like ted cruz and aoc were working on like a little bill to prevent yeah, interest groups from mm -hmm. like former members of congress serving as interest groups i don't think that's a problem per se i just think the way that they do it now is problematic so, like, don't prevent it altogether. I think that's, like, part of, like, part of a problem in its own. But, like, I think, like, you know, you have to reform things. You have to fix things. Instead of, like, saying, like, oh, this is a problem altogether. Like, you're never solving the problem mm. by just blaming. So. Yeah. I don't even know if, like, it's possible to kind of fix the system, I guess. Because I feel like whenever we try to reform something in our political system, more problems just arise. And so, I don't know if, like it's kind of cynical to say this, but like, is there a good political system? Like, that is just perfect, you know? I mean, we, I feel like we talked about this low key where we were saying, or at least I was saying that like, I felt as though like democracy is just like a facade and that it's, it's not something that's tangible. Like, a true democracy, I don't think is tangible. It's like, I don't think... 
I, I don't think the perfect system or like the perfect political system will ever be something that we will ever see. I think it's just something that we're always just going to be reaching for and like working towards, but it's not something that we could ever attain. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Because like, you know, like political history like shows like, you know, moves of like trying things and like replacing it with another thing. Mm-hmm. So like the fuel system was replaced by um, the constitutional monarch and then the mm-hmm. constitutional monarch was replaced with like democracy air quotes on that and then you know air quotes democracy is like slowly being pushed to like individualize like socialism and it's like where is like where's the balance you know like mm-hmm. that's constantly like what we're like hunting for but it's like where is that like i don't think that'll ever be discovered because like the needs of the individual are constantly evolving like what i wanted yesterday is not the same way i want today and that's the same with like how people interact because like feudal uh feudal you know united kingdom was like completely different and their like needs were completely different compared Mm -hmm. to like what you know the republican america is today you know and that's the constant thing that like we're trying to like figure out like because like in 20 years it could be like oh we are all socialists now because like that is the best way to do it i don't know like today doesn't seem like that's the best fit but like who knows what it'll be later on like so like whenever we're hunting for what democracy is like you have to consider what our needs are today. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I mean, you, I think that even if the, the question is posed, then it's like democracy works for us in the United States, but it doesn't work all over the world. I mean, like, I, I generally don't think that the Middle East is ready for, for democracy. Um, I just don't think it, it's something that's, like, possible currently. I don't even know if it'll ever be possible for them. And so it's, I think this like desire, this like wanting for a democracy and like all over the world is is something so like unimaginable to me because I mean, does it even technically work here? Like, I mean, do we technically have a democracy? Like if we actually look at our system, like I know we have um, certain ideals and like certain rules and laws that, do form a democracy but like at the end of the day do we even know what a democracy is well i think we don't have like a true democracy no because you know we have representatives that you know play the largest part in uh, lawmaking and our country's politics but i think like going back to austin's point of um you know, the political system has to serve our interest of, like, today's society. I just think that's so hard to strive for because our society is so fast-changing mm-hmm. and evolving that, like, once we get that perfect system for that society, you know, it won't work. Because, um, like, perfection is only, like, five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, reform cannot keep up with, you know, our society and technology and you know societal values so i think it's interesting about about technology it's probably super off topic but like i was i was like what was that one show i think it's called dirty money um it's like on netflix but they were saying that like data and like uh information is now like the hottest commodity like in the world and so, like, I like I think that's crazy to me to think that, like, that is what's, like, running 
you know, like technically all of all of like the political system and the economy is like what type of information do you know? Because if you know, then like you can sell that for for I don't even know what. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's what started uh, the whole thing with uh, Donald Trump's impeachment. He wanted information from Ukraine, and you know that <laughs> has. <laughs> made our country's politics just blow up and uh you know we aren't even talking about the election next year anymore like that's how big of a deal this is like the whole like the whole mass media has just been consumed by this and um i think that's really interesting like how one little event can just like change everything Mm mm-hmm so let me ask the question then like and this is something that I've been wondering and I've been seeing like I mean like I have an opinion on it but do you guys even think that Donald Trump should be impeached over this or like should the trials be happening over this yes or is it just something that like yeah I think so too. yeah I'm iffy only in like the sense of like going through the motions of impeachment in the house isn't going to go near like impeachment you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. like is it the right thing for the house to do yes but like you have to like connect that to like what's going to likely happen yeah uh like likely happen in like 2020 because like you know the backfire for um clinton or not clinton but for republicans like really hurt democrats so it's like it may, like, because, like, there are two different modes they could have went about with, like, this whole entire situation. They could have went for impeachment or they could have went for censure. And they chose impeachment. And, like, that's a bold move. And, like, granted, like, you're, like, I don't know, like, because, like, you have to say, like, what Trump is doing is, like, high crimes and misdemeanors or treason or, or uh, anything that fits under the mold of impeachment. And, like, if you have the House say so, but the, you know, the, Republican Senate say no. Like, what is the image going to be for the Democrats? So it's like, is maybe that's getting like too political in the sense of like, you know, that's kind of like the problem with like Congress. It's like it's all politics, but like the the image that you're leaving the rest of the country with is like, what? How do we vote? Because like, you know, the Democrats said that he should have been impeached and he wasn't. Well, I don't trust the Democrats now. Mm. Or it's not even going to matter because, you know, you're already too tied to a political party. You know, you're already going to vote how you're going to vote because of, you know, polarization. So, like, there, there are, like, a lot of, like, factors, like, that, like, I'm considering that, like, I don't know if it's necessarily the right move. Because I don't think anything's mm-hmm. going to change from, you know, like, Trump getting impeached by the House but, like, put it by the Senate. I don't think like, anything happens from that. So... And yeah, I agree with you that it is going to hurt the Democrats because it'll make Trump into a martyr for uh, most of his base um, and probably others too. But I don't think that's a reason to not go through with impeachment, at least in the House. I think, you know, we need to uphold our democratic values. And I think if Trump isn't impeached, or at least they don't move through with it in the House, that sets a very dangerous precedent Mm -hmm. for future presidents to, um, you know, violate the boundaries of their office. And I think that's where our democracy will 
die. <laughs> and I totally agree on that point, Corinne. It's like, if you look at like what we tried to impeach Bill for, like lying under oath, but like what was it really about? Yeah. You know, and if we if we let him get away with that and we let Trump get away, or excuse me, if we let Trump get away with this and it's like, again, like what, what is, what is the institution for if not mm. to like reprimand people for actions like this that are serious and not just like lying under, lying under oath, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, for me, I just think that a lot of people keep comparing Trump to, to Bill Clinton and to, to Nixon. Cause I mean, and I, I can't remember the other, I think it was it Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all the presidents that have gone through like impeachment trials, but like, I feel as though Trump is extremely different from them. Um, and I know that's not saying much because I mean, obviously they're all being impeached, but I just feel like there's just something different about him and what, you know, things that he's done and things, not necessarily things that he's done, but have said. Mm. And, you know, for me, it's like, when I think of someone in the presidency, I, I feel as though it's someone that should be a representation of all of the United States. And so when I see someone that's not, you know, the ideal candidate or the, the ideal person in office, I, I see them as something like off the table. Like I feel as though Bill Clinton was, he was someone that was at least something that people could, you know, look to and at least hope for something and like hope for change. And I, I have tried to be and to look at him in an unbiased opinion and just to see it like him in a more like executive political stance. But it's really hard to see him like to see Trump in that way. And so that's why I feel as though like I have to take him out of the equation of comparing him to like Clinton or to Nixon because I just don't think that they all compare. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they compare, but I think like we can use... Um, the way Clinton and Nixon, not so much Johnson, because like that was that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> like you know, Clinton, whenever he was being impeached, like he just basically said like you know Congress will do what Congress does. I'm gonna like you know avoid it and like just work. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of what gave people confidence like for Clinton because like he still worked while he was yeah. being impeached. Like Trump has like kind of like taken sort of try to do that but like at the same time like he's like really focused on the impeachment like look at this witch hunt look at this look mm-hmm. at that look at you know all the problems with it and it's especially like, on social media mm. yeah so it's like the like you know in comparing how they are interacting with like impeachment it's completely different because like what saved yeah. clinton is likely i think what could hurt trump but like like if nothing happens from it if you know the senate chooses to acquit him for it. like the message i i don't think like that would that would be the best option for mm. for like handling the situation just because like you you go into it knowing that he's not going to get removed like that that's what i'm saying like and the precedent is still set regardless mm-hmm. you know of him continuing like you know if, if you say like the senate didn't you know find him guilty of it and they acquitted him then you're not necessarily saying that what he did is wrong. Like, you're, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. And, like, that message becomes, you know, is it still allowed to do that? Because, like, he d- if you do exactly what Trump did, he wasn't found guilty, like, you know, then you're fine. But, like, if you, like, you know, went for censure, you automatically say, regardless, you did something wrong. Because that's exactly what censure is. Censure is, you know, pointing out wrongdoing. So... 
And, like, Trump has been censured multiple times. Or, I know at least one. I think he's been censured multiple times. So it's, like, personally, I think that would have been, like, the safer route to go about because you would have condemned his actions regardless. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have to go through this whole entire trial thing to mm-hmm. say, eh. So do you think that there's going to be, like, more backlash than on con- Oh, yeah, I was going to say something, oh, so but sorry. you can go, no, finish. Go ahead, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Well, like, going back to the matter of, like, should Trump be impeached, I still think yes, because while, yeah, like, censure is the more safer route, I don't think Congress should be safe about this. You know, I think mm. they may need to make a statement um, to, like, condemn his actions. And, um, you know, I think it was... Last week during the impeachment trial, uh, I think it was Adam Schiff, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. I, um, he said, if this isn't an impeachable offense, what is? And I think that's a really important question to ask. And, like, no one's answered it, uh, at least none of, like, the Republicans. So, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think he should be impeached because I think – no president has really acted so far out of his office and uh, just been so corrupt uh, with, you know. And that's the, like, like for me, it's like, you look at who he called, like, the like the Ukraine, like, I have nothing against the Ukraine. I love Ukrainians, but, like, we've had, it, like, after the election in 2016, it was like, oh, Russia interfered with this, Russia interfered with that, like, the, like all these places, so it's like, you make a call to the Ukraine of anywhere, like, you could have called, like, it's shady, and then you withhold funds, like, a week before the call, it's shady, like, it does not look good on you, it does not look good on any of us. Yeah, I, I feel like that's, I mean, that's a good point, though, like, it, may, it makes me question, then, like, what, I mean, like, the, the founders, purposefully wrote the constitution to be vague and like so that we could interpret in like many different ways and they like did they didn't really define what misdemeanors and like what high crimes and treasons you know the president could make for an impeachable offense but then it's like what is then is is involving another country into our political affairs an impeachable offense if not then like I mean, like, I don't know. It makes it really does make me question the Constitution then. Like, what I would say is, like, if we were looking at, like, this situation, like, a vacuum, like, absent of, like, political strategy and stuff like that, I would definitely say, like, yeah, it's impeachable. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt, like, you know, bribery or quid pro quo, like, whatever you want to, like, define it as, like, this is a problem. Like, I don't think it should go absent of that. I'm just saying, like, was impeachment the best move for Democrats to take in this regard? Like, like I don't want to, like... this climate... Yeah, like, because, like, I just don't think, like, they win in mm. the situation. Yeah. I think, like, it ends up hurting them more than it benefits them. Mm. And, like, you know, maybe, like, that's the risk that they feel comfortable taking. Maybe Nancy Pelosi has a couple things up her sleeve or something like that. I don't know. But, like, it just doesn't seem like this was, like, the strategic move. It just felt, like, I don't know, like, it doesn't seem as if it was going to be of victory like I don't think like I think if you're going for impeachment then you should be trying to likely remove the president Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be like going to a situation where you know they'll get acquitted I think that makes 
the whole entire institution look bad because like you you rock the entire building just to say like eh, we're not gonna tear it down you know what i mean like it just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense but is it the institution's fault or is it the party's fault i well, mean yeah, yeah i think yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying like it's not like in uh the party's fault i think this one comes down to the parties but i don't think that you know for the parties and for the sake of the institution because like that that goes back to like what i said about loyalty like mm, yeah they don't yeah, care yeah. about congress they don't care about the image that leaves like congress's approval rating has dropped you know non-stop for like the last like mm. 20 years like i i think that's the the problem that we're running to is that yeah. like, we're just doing whatever we want because we just don't care about congress we don't care about like the you know the prestige that the uh the institution should have we just want to like carry out party politics through it and it just makes it look bad mm. so that's why i'm saying like impeachment shouldn't necessarily been like the move because it makes it look worse overall that's all mm. i was trying to say about that yeah i i get that because like the democrats are the ones in the house that are impeaching him and then the republicans in the senate are going to end up acquitting him but I think the House is doing their part in getting impeachment proceedings started um, to, you know, respect the institution of Congress and the Constitution. So even though it's going to hurt them in the election, I do think it was a good idea. Not, you know, politically, not you know um they're just doing for re-election jobs. yeah they're doing their jobs to protect our democracy mm-hmm. and you know the rule of law and i i respect that so i i wanted to know because i've been wondering this myself and i've been hearing certain things from like certain professors but like do you feel as though with the impeachment and like everything that's happened like especially with trump being president that like we have been almost de- delegitimized and like the international community like in their eyes and what in the democracy should be with I mean like I don't know for me I feel as though like these past almost four years have been almost like a mockery I was literally gonna say a mockery yeah, yeah. I mean like I feel as though other con- other like states are like laughing at us almost and I don't know how that makes me feel because it's like I feel as though if there's one thing I can give credit to the United States for is their resilience and their perseverance to achieve a democracy and to be free and so seeing what's happening now it's kind of like does does this do you believe that this delegitimizes you know what the founders have worked for or if i mean just like in the eyes of other countries or if people will look at us and be like well i mean you allowed this man to be in office and look at what he's done i do agree that you know, he's made a mockery out of us, and, you know, we're kind of like the laughing stock of the world, but in the long term, I don't know, because we're still, you know, a major world actor. We still have influence in uh, many countries around the world, you know, um, especially like a military presence, so I don't know, but I definitely don't think he's helped us <laughs> in that regard <laughs> so yeah i i think it takes more than four years to mm. really damage the country's uh, reputation i guess yeah with other countries so. like i think it depends on like what happens after mm. like either, either like this upcoming election or like the after depending on if like trump gets reelected. like 
Because, like, I think you can definitely, like, have, like, a really awful president who, like, you know, does make you look bad. But, like, in 20 years, like, we're going to know Trump. But, like, you know, most of what he's done, again, with air quotes, is, like, not been super proactive. Like, he hasn't done, like, a lot in the sense of, like, you know, making... um, making a lot of policy changes or, like, pushing yeah. for policy changes. So, like, the one kind of solidified thing that he's done was, like, lowering taxes for the upper class. The border and wall. Well, he hasn't got anything for the border wall. Well, he started building it. Well, that's a, just, like, one thing that he's done. I'm, you know, I'm so confused with that. Did he or did he not get the funds for that? Because I remember reading that he didn't, but, like, they're still building it. So, like, he didn't, but I think through executive order he makes sense but i mean so. like are we gonna have a border wall across our southern border in like the next year and a half or year? no no like, yeah because like <laughs> you know executive war is just gonna come in and reverse that yeah. you know well it depends if he gets reelected. So. even if he gets reelected, elected things gonna happen in four years like i i'm just like really i think it could happen in four years i definitely think it could be built in four years but it's not gonna like build it and someone's gonna take it right down like but like yeah. to get the fundings for that Oh yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Because like, oh, the funding. Yeah, let's say he gets like reelected. Like, is Congress gonna? Because like, he can't keep on doing executive order to use emergency funds and do it. There's not enough money in emergency funds to build. Yeah, well, we are saying impeachment is going to hurt the Democrats in 2020. So if the Republicans retake the House, it could be likely they could. Sure, uh, but I mean, do the Republic like? Here's the thing with like Republicans, do they even like him? Like, do they even like Trump? I think there's some that do and some that don't. I, I think Republicans are very fond of Trump. Yeah. Just because... Because their constituents are. Yeah, okay. And yeah, that's, that's the true. party loyalty to, you know, get reelected. Like, I think if they had, like, a better candidate, like, you know, to represent conservative values, they wouldn't be popular with, like, constituents, and, like, mm. that's the problem. So it really so is like, just because he's Republican. It's, it's like he's, well, like, a bigger head Republican. for, like, Republican yeah. policy. I mean, he's not even... He himself is not even Republican. Right. No. Like, most of the time, like, he's saying stuff, and then he's like, I didn't say that. You know, yeah. after he meets with, like, you know, the NRA or, like, you know, <laughs> other interest groups. So. I don't, it just, I don't know. I, I guess I get so, like, offended when I think about it. Like, I, I forgot who I was talking to, but I really, I, I sent them a message, and I was like, he really was given this opportunity to be president. And I'm just like... He could have done a lot more than what he's done. Yeah. yeah. Like, he really squandered this. Like, I mean, just imagine. I mean, like, imagine, like, you being president. Imagine, like, all the things that you could do and just, like, not doing it. Mm. Like, I, I could not. I could never. Yeah. I think one of his motives for becoming president was the personal gain that he would get from it. Because, yeah. you know, he's um, it's just like the way he interacts with foreign leaders is just like so personal and like he lets them stay at his resorts or like his hotels or whatever and i think that it's more like a business strategy for him uh having influence in other countries but did he not say during his what did he say during his u.n speech that oh god he he said a lot but literally like he starts the speech and He's been, I don't want to say a strong advocate against pulling out, but he definitely is not all about the United Nations like some presidents have been. Um, 
but he said essentially that it's about you know patriotism now like america is, we're patriots and we're, it, this is a time of patriotism and we don't need anyone to help us we just can be america and we can do what we need to do and build our economy and have our whatever whatever and like we don't need anyone anyone and in the next breath he's like well trade with china trade with like girl you can't trade with china and be a patriot and be your own country like that's not how it works so like that's the thing like he really he confuses me like because i i mean personally i try to keep up and try to figure out like what exactly his mindset and like his plan is but i i just don't think he has one no he doesn't i think he has you know what's going through his head and then his advisors come to him and he's like they're like oh no this this is what you should do <laughs> and he's like oh, okay sure, i, I really like, don't think he has any idea mm-mm. of mm-mm. you know the right thing to do so like his speeches i think he has like 15 people working on it at once yeah. and like nobody's proofreading what the other person yeah. exactly <laughs> that was like literally like with the it's like a group paper yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay this is your section my <laughs> yeah he was like this is not a time for globalists and i think that is completely wrong Mm. And I think that is completely the opposite of what this world is heading for and what this world should be. And there's no way you can, I, I don't think you can deny that. By on technology alone, I don't think you can deny that. Yeah. There's actually, um, well, I have, I'm in this, in this class called American Foreign Policy. And um, my professor was giving his like theories about what's going to happen. And he was saying that he thinks that there's going to be like, and all out like middle eastern war that's going to like come from like all the things that like from the fact that like j- honestly just from the fact that the united states pulled out of syria it's going to cause like a domino effect and have like and he, he was bringing up the fact that like we have had like such timid or like very strained relations with I- iran and like just from that it's it's causing like all of these ramifications like across the middle east and it's like for for a president to i guess not even consider like the possibility of a war you know and like uh, he had just uh i know trump just came out saying that like he fully supports like israel within i think it was something with uh an economic uh, i think the world bank mm-hmm. i'm not completely for sure but like just doing that it gives palestine and all of its allies the ability or like even the like go ahead to like start a war now with israel and the united states because anytime israel is going to get involved in something in the middle east i'm sure like, the united states is going to go and back them up and so just to hear our president say that like like that we shouldn't be involved like all over yeah and yes granted we shouldn't but like i mean at least weighing the costs and benefits here like a war in the middle east yeah and i think you know when we're having presidential elections something that always comes up is the president's military experience Mm. and i think in times like this it is very crucial uh that a president kind of has that mindset and uh that experience uh because it can have such catastrophic uh, effect on uh, global events mm. um, that, like, I don't think anyone else would consider just because, you know, they don't have that 
mindset of like okay if i do this what is this other country gonna do and like how will this work on a global scale yeah so yeah i just don't think trump has that experience Mm. i mean and you know like i'm not asking for us to have like this perfect candidate that's gonna know the answers to like all these questions but at least someone with like a semblance of common sense (laughs) like I, I really try to look at Trump in a, a non-biased way. But like, it's, like, things that he does, like, one after another. another. I'm just, like, it, it makes you wonder. I'm, like, dang, how how did the Electoral College really vote this man in? It really makes I, no sense. I honestly think he's, like, mentally unstable. <laughs> like, he has he's something wrong. Like, is he really? Yeah, he is a Gemini. I'd just like to throw that out there. That's the answer to everything. <laughs> That's it. Sorry, I'm lost now. <laughs> oh, it's... <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to some of the things that comes out of his mouth, I'm like, you cannot be sane right now. Like, no right-minded person would ever say that. I... So. It's so funny, like, when I hear my mom and, like, my dad talk about Trump, because, like, you know, they grew up with Trump, like, in the 80s when he was, like, at the height of, like, being a businessman and, mm-hmm. like, having all this money and, like, just being, like, a playboy... And they were like, that's what he was. Like, he was, like, a celebrity. He was a superstar. He was a playboy. He was, like, out here, like, wasn't involved in politics, obviously, but also was just, like, doing whatever he wanted to do. And, like, to see him, like, where he is now is, like, wow. Like, shocking. So do you think that Trump has opened the door, then, for people that are outside of politics? I mean, look at Kanye. What Kanye says he's going to do. Oh, God. You know, like, I I don't ever foresee that being, like, a real thing. But, I mean, he says all the time that he's going to run. And he said it before, like, when Trump in in 2016, he was like, I'm going to run 2020. Obviously, he didn't do that. But now he's saying he's going to run. You know, like, yeah. He'll be the new Trump. (laughs) (laughs) That's part. But, I mean, like, so I've been hearing, like, a lot of different opinions about this. But do you guys think that we need someone in the press, like, Obviously, there's no, like, job description of, like, what the president should look like or who they should be. But do you think it should be someone outside of politics? Or do you think it should be someone that at least has a knowing of, of you know, like, our system? I would say, ideally, it would be better to have somebody in the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there should ever be, like, a limit to mm-hmm. say yeah. somebody is not allowed to be yeah, totally. president. Because, like, I don't know, like, right now, Trump we don't see Trump to be fit, you know, to be president. He has zero experience outside. It shows. But, like, who knows in, like, 30, 40 years from now, like, we could have somebody who has zero political, like, internal politics and stuff like that, never held an office, you know, so on and so forth. But, like, is an incredible president, you know? Because, mm. like, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think every single president before Trump has been in politics. Well, look at Reagan. Oh, yeah. Well, Reagan was a governor. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, right. Got me there. Yeah, and I think <laughs> you had me in the first half. <laughs> I think it's good to have someone with political experience, but also I think people without political experience just have, like, a different worldview mm. and kind of look at our country's system in a different way. Like, Kamala Harris, for example, she is a senator, you know, she's had plenty of political experience, but she was also involved with the legal side of our political system. And I think that's really good to have someone that kind of has like a diversified background. Mm. Um, I think that makes them more presidential. 
Well, that goes back to like your point. I think it was you kind of said it like having a president with military experience just because you don't have like experience in like po- politics, military experience does make you in some ways prepared to be. Oh, yeah. President. Definitely. I mean, it's a big aspect of your job. Commander in chief. Yeah. But I think like the like because, you know, Kamala Harris and, you know, for example, for military, uh, Dwight Eisenhower, like they they have experience in government regardless mm. you know what i mean like yeah, it's not like true. trump you know came from business mm. it's know. like andrew yang, andrew yang yeah, I was yeah. About yeah. To say. Yeah. and it's like maybe that could scale into like being president but like it, you're not you're not dealing with the same thing mm. you know but like you know being you know a you know general of the army or you know being a uh shit district attorney or i think she was a da was yeah she? yeah in san francisco or attorney general of california something like she that. was I think she, she went from really district attorney yeah. to attorney general in okay. and then became a senator. Well, like, you know, she's had experience before that. And, like, you know, there have been times shown, like, you know, you got to get into politics somehow. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe, like, the presidency isn't, like, a jump you should be making. But, like, you know, to say, like, you can't do it, I don't think that would be fair. Because, mm-hmm. like, there could yeah. be somebody who could handle it very well. So then, like, I guess because I, I remember in 2016 a lot of the reasons why people were supporting Trump was because he was a businessman. But... I mean, do you do you think that a, a country should be run like a business? Like, yes is it no. is it a business? I, yes and yes. no. Yeah. I mean, you can't like just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna fire you because I don't like you." You mm-hmm. know, Congressman, you're fired. That's not how it works. But I think strate- strategically and like you know things that like there are some things that are like economics. Mm-hmm. Like that's a business. Your it's numbers. It's like the same thing that you would do in a business. So yeah. like. Yeah, but I think it's interesting that even though he's a businessman, his or I'm referring to Trump, um, his view uh, on economics is so short-sighted and oh, yeah. <laughs> like self-serving to yeah, his yeah. Uh, re-election. Well, look at his businesses. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's been like, not <laughs> the best businessman. Frankly, like that is what business is. Like business, you rarely have to look. You know, 50 years into the future, you're looking to like make profits in the next quarter. Is that bad, though? Like, I mean, like... What do you mean, is that bad? I don't know. I guess, like, I have such a a beef with, like, short-term goals that it's, like, yeah, yeah, it's probably cheaper and less expensive or things like that. But it's, like, if it... In long-term, if it benefits the system, like, is it not something that we should focus on? I would say, like, you know, for the last 20-ish years, we've been, like, looking to, like, how can we, like, be productive for the next 20 years but Mm -hmm. like previously like you know like business has been very short-sighted yeah and like trump definitely has gone through like that short side you know uh short-sighted like business effect like where you know we don't care about anything in the future we just care about right now and i think like that's what you take on where you get trump as the president with like that business background because like somebody like, Andrew Yang's business affairs is not the same as Trump's business affairs. Like, yeah. And, granted, like, they don't even, like, come from, like, the same breed of, like, business because, oh. like, it's such an encompassing umbrella mm-hmm. of, like, work. But, I don't know, I think, like, business that Trump comes from and, like, a lot of businessmen prior, they have an entirely different outlook on what that is compared to, like, you know, modern-day businessmen yeah. you know, who are CEOs and whatnot. So, I think that's, like, the, the difference that you have to look at with Trump. So, like, if I can ask, do you think that it's 
mainly like our the way our system is built to look for short-term goals and short-term solutions or do you think it depends on like who's in power i i think our system as a whole is like just short-term because yeah. like yeah. we don't have like the political history or not political history but just history in general to like show for like long-term efforts like the the longest term you know effort that we made was our you know constitution but like and we try to not like make changes to that and we i don't know like we don't constantly try to like evolve in our political system like i think our goal is that we're going to take this like a short-term fix what should be a short-term fix and we're going to use it as a long-term fix mm. and they end up making bigger problems down the road yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah and i think that the way you know, we have long-term impact on policy is, you know, obviously through Congress and passing legislation, but with, like, gridlock in Congress recently, the it's been increasingly more popular for presidents to just pass policy through mm-hmm. executive order, which then just gets overturned by the next president. So that's just by nature very short-term, and it just helps them with re-election um, yeah. to get that two-term so yeah I don't and I'm trying to see how I can wear this in a way that's like obviously not I'm trying to play devil's advocate here or just like at least give unbiased questions but so would you say that the president has taken up the job where Congress has not done in that sense where if Congress is if Congress is failing to 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 pass certain legislation because of that gridlock, do you think the president has taken up that role in making sure that something is at least is passed? Yes, just because like the only person the president has to answer to is the president. You know, whenever it comes to like signing stuff, but like Congress has to figure out between uh, you know five hundred thirty-five people what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, whenever you have split mm-hmm. Congress, like it's nearly impossible to get anything mm-hmm. through. So, yeah. like, the I mean, it's like, hard to get four people to agree to one thing, let yeah. alone like five hundred plus true. people. Yeah, that's true. So, and then you, you have just like, all agreed on that four people. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> we, we, we did it. If, if we had a fifth person, that wouldn't have happened. Well, Austin, really? <laughs> you know, he, he just so had it. Now we he just had it. You know, I disagree now. There we go. See, <laughs> this is Congress. Welcome. <laughs> but like, I, I think that's and like, I hate I hate bashing on Congress because I really love Congress. Like, I can't wait to be in it. Oh, <laughs> can't wait! <laughs> I can't wait. I'm already planning my campaign. But I mean, like, I don't know. I just I can't help but be like, you really. I feel like Congress really did has brought this kind of like on themselves. Like, at any point, could they could band together and like stop certain legislate or executive orders from passing but they don't and i guess it's frustrating for me because it's like i mean why are we voting you into office then or like into to be a representative if you're not doing your job like i don't know i just it doesn't make any sense to me i feel like it's just it undermines the system when you know they like there's there's good gridlock and then there's bad gridlock like good gridlock is when you know they're actually trying to find a, a good solution and then there's the bad girl luck where i feel like we're in currently where it's like oh i just don't want to agree with you because like you're from a different political party than me and it's just kind of petty to me like i just feel like 
Congress is so petty that they just can't even get over it. Like, I, I think the part of the reason why Congress never works to, like, overturn any executive orders, regardless if they think it's right or wrong, um, is because the, the approval, no, what is the phrase called? Like, the presidential approval rating? Yeah, so, like, the mm-hmm. approval rating of Congress is, like, usually, like, 30 to 40 points lower mm-hmm. than the approval rate of the president. So, why? Like, because Congress is a scapegoat. They just they're blamed for everything. Whenever whenever your taxes go up and it's not benefiting you, it's not the president's fault, it's Congress's <laughs> fault. And whenever, you know, you're not getting what you want done, it's not the president's fault, it's Congress's fault. So like they're always like to blame. And I think the reason why we never see that happen is because like people of the president's party is like, you know, they're doing a great job. Like, you know, Look at their approval rating. It's you know fifty points above us. Who who says that we have the authority to like do this? You know we're we're Congress. We suck. You know I think that's like the problem with Congress. It's like Congress doesn't like Congress. So do you think we're expecting more from a Congress than we should be? Yeah, I do, and like I agree with your point that Congress isn't doing their job, but they have so many jobs. If you think about it, yeah, like just so many uh, different. Uh, interest I guess Mm. that um, are kind of influencing them like they're elected by the people but they're a part of the party they have to serve the institution of Congress uh, what's written in the Constitution they have to work with the executive branch and the judicial branch so there's a lot of constraint on Congress that kind of makes it uh, easy for them to do their job Mm. so although they're not doing a good job I don't know, like, what a good job is, if that makes sense. Yeah. I guess it's, 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 I don't know, I guess that comes back to, like, where I was saying that the Constitution is so vague, because, like, Congress is, Congress, Article 1 is, I feel like, the only article in the Constitution that really gives out each individual power like it really explains what Congress can and cannot do, but like I j- I don't know I guess for me it's just like I feel like Congress should be doing more than what the Constitution says. I agree with you. I personally think that the cons- the framers did not intend for the Constitution to be written in a way or f- for the institution to be structured in a way where the executive has so much power because they came from a system where they were so fearful of the executive. Like, mm. they were so fearful of the king and the monarch having too much power that they came here and wrote it in a way where Congress has the power. Therefore, I think that we should, like, have that expectation of them to do more and to be more than what the executive branch is and does. Mm. I mean, because, I mean, is that not what a democracy is then? It's those... It's it's power derived from the people and like by the people. So if it's it's if it's that I know, obviously the president is elected by the people, but Congress is I mean individual representatives that that represent, you know, individual districts and then states as well. Like, I feel like that's where the democracy lies. It's not within the executive. It's and that's within like Congress. if you invest all the power in one person, what is that? That's not a democracy. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like we're, I feel like the constitution and our system is just constantly in battle with one another where I just can't see like an end to it. 
and like yeah i have this desire to be in in congress and maybe even the executive (laughs) branch but i mean like what's it going to be like if i'm in that position like i know i can talk all this saying like where i'm like oh i'm going to make sure i pass things by the people you know like for my district making sure i like do bipartisan like compromise and collaborating with the other side but like when i'm actually in there like i I really don't know what it's going to be like and that's the thing too like i think it goes back to austin's point like it's so much easier said than done and i think that's why so many people like rely on them as the scapegoat a scapegoat because it's like oh they say they're going to do this but they don't don't do it but it's like you're not in their shoes you don't know what it's like to try and pass policy to try and like work with people across the aisle to like get things done like it's not as easy as it seems so oh did you have something well like i mean like if you look at how it comes down to like how you become you know a member of congress is like you have to go through two elections you Mm. you have to go through your general election but before that you have to go through your primary election yeah and like what does primary season do it makes you you know more polarized than you may have ever intended to be so like you know to get the republican nomination you have to be far more conservative Mm -hmm. than your conservative running mate get the democrat election you have to be far more liberal than your liberal opponent so like we're constantly like our, our system is geared to make us polarized like you know the the major shift from being you know like split democrat party between north and south and like having a republican party in the north like that era where you know party identity or your ideology didn't matter as much as your party identity does mm definitely has changed politics to make it less capable of moving forward and like getting past gridlock dang yeah you know so i think like we're always going like you know until we figure out like a way to like get ideology out of the mix of parties i don't think we're really going to be moving anywhere you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i just think like we create a system to be stagnant Mm -hmm. by letting like parties and ideology (laughs) be like intertwined as one excuse me so, do you guys think we should have another constitutional convention? Yes. I will say that. Right. I will happily. I volunteer. Um, I say this all the time. You do say this, all, like, literally every day. When I tell you. Okay. Like, even. Okay. I hate bringing him up because I don't agree with him. But Thomas Jefferson even said that the Constitution was only supposed to last about 19 years. And that we should have a continuous, con- like, constitution- constitutional convention. Because, like if our society is changing if the world is changing mindsets are changing should our constitution change with us i strongly believe that the certain ideals and the foundation of the constitution should stay the same for sure just because i think i think it's pretty rock solid but like certain aspects of it even the bill of rights like should should it not be changing like with you know with the time like I feel like we've outgrown it with so I think that if we were to have another constitutional convention like how you were saying before the executive branch has just grown so much than what the framers intended I think we would see a lot of uh, the like the implied powers of the uh, executive executive branch take place in that constitution mm-hmm. so is that you know something that we would want to see because that's kind of you know Ooh. contradictory. I I think I'd, I think the whole idea of implied powers is kind of just it's imp- it's implied. I mean like technically they don't 
or they do have that power. Like, I mean, like, it really depends on who was the president at the time to imply that they have that power. And so I just think that the, that, that, it's, that in itself is so unstable and chaotic because it's like we're constantly I feel I think it, it would we're the one nation that has I think the most elections and like any of out of like any other country I mean we have at least one every two years and then we have for senate the six years and the president for four years every year for local elections mm-hmm. every year for local elections like we are constantly mm-hmm. like just switching people in and out and so like i feel like yeah the constitution has stayed very constant but like we are not constant so should we not have something that's fluid with us as well like at least in the sense where it's not that the each time we have a new president that they get to make up whatever you know rule they can and make sure that they like i mean every president if they pass something they could argue that it's net for national security like, I mean, could we not have something more balanced and, I don't know, just more constant? I don't think that, like, having, like, constitutional conventions, like, even, like, every 20 years is going to bring consistency, mm. stability, and whatnot. Like, I, I think there's, like, been a practical reason why we have avoided it because, like, I think what would end up happening is if we try to have a constitutional convention today, we would get... It'd one be a of shit show. No. Yeah, it, w- it would be like you'd be ba- not literally, but like you'd metaphorically start like a civil war. Mm. Like it, you're 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 gonna get one of two things: like a very polarized constitution, or you're going to get you know a watered down version of what we already have. Like you, I don't think that there's like like for like us who are like you know like oh like yeah we definitely should be fixing this. Like there's somebody on the other side who's gonna be like no we absolutely should touch yeah. this so and it's just gonna make the lines blurred all together yeah. like we're gonna have one amendment that says like everything that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so should it here's a question then should it be the actual politicians making constitution or should it be people that have done the research and actually know you know politics should it be political science yeah like you literally look at who wrote the first constitution philosophers people yeah. who were in quote-unquote enlightened it wasn't like you know these politicians and like people who'd been in all like it wasn't that's not what it was i mean so should it should it be the politicians making the constitution or should it be people that are i don't know it's like their area of expertise to make it it definitely shouldn't be politicians because you know they would just make the constitution self-serving to mm. their po- uh, party um, whatever party is in power at that time so definitely not that but i think the thing with academics is it's like a very elite group of society um i think it should be like a mix of different points of view Mm. um people with different backgrounds um Mm. in our country because you know we're not a country of political scientists yeah Yeah. so (laughs) and that's the thing too like i totally agree i think it should be like a mix i don't know who should be in the mix but it should be a mix because even like academics like Every professor here, I know exactly who they would vote for. I know exactly what side they're on. Mainly, like, excuse me, basically all on one side. Mm-hmm. So, like, even they are quote-unquote biased and, like, partisan. So, like, I don't think that they would even be able to write something that wasn't. That's true. I mean, should we expect someone, though, that's unbiased? I mean, the courts? Ooh. But they but are the biased. Of course are biased. They so. are. The courts are so biased. Extremely, you I know, mean. 
I think everyone has bias, so it's That's, just... It's, it would be so hard. Yeah. It's most fair to get an even representation of all groups in mm. society, you know, different classes, uh, races, uh, religions, I guess, but, um, yeah. So maybe if it's not like... What if it was like a lottery? Like what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the draft. <laughs> you get to make the constitution. <laughs> yeah, um, at least ten people in the America get to make the constitution. Oh my god! No, but can I mean, you imagine? <laughs> but I mean, like, so if we're looking for you know a a wide range of like different people, should it be like, I'm not in a in a lottery sense of like where they pick a certain amount of politicians randomly. Or if they pick a certain amount of, like, political... Like, I mean, how would we even go about even trying to think of who would be best fit to make a new constitution? I think it's above my head. Like, I'm not... I don't know if anyone here is, like, qualified to answer that question. But, like, for me personally, I'm not going to speak for anyone. I don't think that... I don't think there's anyone qualified to really mm. say, like, you can write the Constitution and you don't get to write the yeah. Constitution. I mean, that's I true. don't even think the Founding Fathers were qualified. Yeah, like, oh, who yeah. is what qualified is qualified, exactly, to make those kind of decisions? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it would probably, if this were to play out, it would come down to the courts uh, because they're in charge of interpreting the Constitution. Um, so everyone, so. just to let you know, Brett Kavanaugh is going to be rewriting the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> Constitution. <Jesus>. God <laughs> bless us all. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't know. I guess it's always interesting to me just to to even imagine, like, if we were ever to write a new Constitution, like, what it would look like. Because, I mean, it's, it's I f- just feel like it's so old mm. and outdated. It's very young, actually. I wanted to yeah, say, well, I, yeah. yeah, so I, it is young. It's the youngest, I think. I wanted to say this earlier. One of the youngest. And I, I think it fits. No, because, like, like, the youngest was, like, made in, like, 2013. What? Yeah. The youngest, like, yeah. national constitution. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're right. What is it, South Sudan? Someone have to look Pro- it up. I don't know. I, I, know, I think that's it's the newest country, but, like, I don't know if but I wanted to say this earlier, and I think it fits really great now. Um, for me, like I look at other countries and their political systems who have been around for way longer than, than we have, and they're not really doing much better than us. Oh, heck Like, no. you look at the UK, they're, it's a mess. It is an absolute disaster. And, again, like a two-party, three-party system sometimes, really not doing that great. Your guys' constitutional parliament, what is it? A constitutional monarchy? It's a joke. No, oh, just my kidding. God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I mean, like that's so true. Like thinking about, we really are such a young country in mm-hmm. comparison to like everyone else. I mean, we're still growing. If you think about it, we're probably still in like what our teenage years or yeah. like early twenties. I'm just guessing. I'm doing dog years. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I have to give us at least some benefit of the doubt. I mean, we are still learning. And to, to see know. where we started, we've come so far. You're man. right. We, we have really come have so far, and we've. You know, you look at other countries who've been around a lot longer, and we people have rights here that they don't that don't have rights there. And you're right. Yeah. As bad as sometimes it is, it's so much better than it could be. Mm. So and I think like, you. Oh, sorry. No, go like, ahead. I was just gonna say, like, it, it's like it's really important. Like, you know, we recognize like we have came a long way, mm. but like, you know, there is so much more we can. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for that, Austin. I, I think like the thing is like we need to like us individual like citizens like we need to like 
be more aware of like who we're electing like like, educate ourselves yeah because like Mm -hmm. a lot of times like we're just voting with like the person with the star beside their name like who's the incumbent like that yeah i think that's a problem especially whenever like you know i mean i know who ted white is but like i asked my dad you know this weekend he was like who like (laughs) like, nobody knows who their congressperson is you're right like that's a problem um so i have a question that i would like to pose i was talking about this with my mom and it just kind of i think fits well right here as well um i always hear people say like oh i'm not gonna vote because like my vote doesn't matter or like whatever whatever what would you start telling people or what do you think the best way to like get people to go out and vote is your vote does matter like that argument is so it's just it's just they're not educated yeah it's ignorance but i mean it's sad to me because it's like there's so many people that wish they could vote Mm. but they can't that's it i'm like and yes voting is a right but it's a privilege if you think about it too like just the the fact that like when i first got a vote i felt so empowered and like wow like i i'm making a difference here because you know what at the end of the day you don't think your vote matters but that one vote really could change the whole game here like it's so important for you to exercise that that individual right that you're allowed and you're given i'm like i mean you really could do so much like and i'm i'm not even talking in like national elections but local elections specifically that's where it impacts you the most man like those are the people right there in your town making decisions Mm -hmm. like that's where you need to be voting like you really need to like and it's yeah it's a hassle to like go and look up who is who is like gonna be running but like in your own like district or whatever but like but the thing is like you spend an hour on your phone probably everyone listening spends like an hour or more on their phone a day doing like what and like stupid podcast yeah there you go (laughs) yeah be looking up your yeah you guys should be doing that instead of listening to this podcast turn it off (laughs) okay if someone told me that they don't want to vote because it doesn't matter i would just say you know fine because one uh voter turnout has increased so much like recently it's just been like popular to be involved in politics mm-hmm. and to have an opinion Trendy. now, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think it's that common of a problem anymore that like those people who still don't care, like whatever. Um, and then also, disagree. I disagree as well. Yeah. No, but like it's such a small part of the population that it doesn't matter as much anymore. But then what really gets me is those people that don't vote want to have an opinion I'm like, who gets elected? I'm like, no, you don't get to have an opinion. You don't get to complain about who was elected. Mm -hmm. So, like, you forfeit your voice in politics if you don't vote. That's what I think. Are those people that, like, throw away their votes? Mm -hmm. I I can't tell you how angry I was when I found out that a lot of people voted for, like, that whole D's Nuts or, like, Mickey Mouse or, like... What was the, the gorilla? That was like oh, a uh, Harambe. Harambe. Yep. Yeah. Like had my vote. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I voted for him. No. RIP. But like I don't know, that's that's like it's not a joke. And yeah. these are the elections. I mean, take them seriously at least. If you're not taking anything seriously in your life, at least take the election seriously. So, what do you think of people who voted for like Gary Johnson, for example, or like any really other uh, third-party candidate? Third-party candidates, I uh, I mean, third-party voters, I love you guys. Honestly, I don't I don't really care who they vote for because they're voting for someone that they believe is the best candidate. Well, do you think that's throwing away their vote? No, I don't. I don't know why, 
but for for third party candidates at least it's a party at least it's not a, like a gorilla yeah like <laughs> there there's they're people that they they know what they'd want to see in congress yeah and they know what they'd want to see in in a candidate or a representative and they're going for it and that's the whole reason why i don't like two-party system is because maybe gary johnson maybe he could have been a great candidate i really don't know I'm assuming Austin's here. Face. Austin, <laughs> yeah, no, Austin just gave me that look. <laughs> but I mean, like you never know. Like they really, uh, what's her name? Jill or wasn't Jill Stein? Oh, Jill Stein. Yeah. Maybe Jill Stein could have been. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this great candidate, but we just will never know. And so I have to give credit for those third party voters that constantly come out. And this is I, why I give Bernie credit. And I don't, I don't like Bernie. I'm gonna say it. I know you do, mm-hmm. but he, he's not like a Democrat. But he, like, I feel like he knows that there is no other way he could p- even possibly get elected if he did not not run mm. with the Democrats. Yeah. So he's smart. He's very smart in that regard. In person. So, oh, um, sorry. You want to flip a coin? Yeah, I agree with Excuse you guys, me. but I just wanted to play like devil's advocate here. Do it. Um, so you said that you like respect the third party candidates but or uh third party voters um but if they had maybe voted for hillary clinton in 2016 trump wouldn't have been elected i say what do you think of that because hillary won the popular vote so ultimately she she would have she would have won it anyways if she even had those third party candidates vote in it was it really came down to the electoral college so I feel like in regards to, I mean, like, this is the same thing people say about independence. I love independence. That's I, how I'm registered. Yeah. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really get so annoyed when people, like, trash on independence. Cause, yeah, like, they say they don't have opinions on politics. Yeah, like, they're apathetic. I'm sorry, or, like, do you know my thoughts now? But, like, I know, they take one survey and automatically like, they know the whole nation. All of us, you know, unaffiliated voters, which, did we already decide we all are unaffiliated? Actually... <laughs> This is so embarrassing. I unintentionally <laughs> registered myself as libertarian. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. How? You want to run for office one day, don't you? <laughs> you should lead the Libertarian Party uh, in Guilford County. Listen. <laughs> it was an accident. I was like, I was so out of it. Like, she was asking me, like, all these questions, like, at 8 a.m. in the morning. Mm, mm-hmm. And she was like, and it, so, like, I was filling out this thing, and I saw, it was... In my defense, it was L-I-B. And I'm like, oh, I'm a liberal. <laughs> oh, my God. I have yet to change. I really need to change yeah, that. You need to change that. Yeah. you're not voting in primaries. <laughs> I mean, technically, I'm independent anyways. Yeah. Obviously, I do slightly, uh, not slightly, but I do lean left. But I do try at least to know who the candidates are mm. right. before just picking someone random. I mean, like, I, I campaigned for... It was for an internship, but I campaigned for Ted Bud. I don't agree with him, but it was an experience. I mean, yeah. it was interesting. And I, I did, I think, I feel as though I did get a closer look at what his policies were. Ultimately, I just, I didn't agree with him. Yeah. Um, and that's not him as a person. It's just him and, you know. How would you describe him as a person? Actually, I, I was never, a, I never got to meet him. Mm. Um which I think says something because it you're not missing much. Yeah. It turned out mostly that when I was when we were running for him cuz we were part of like a the super pack mm. um that he would only stay in fundraisers and for like his big donors. Yikes. So to me it showed me that like he wasn't necessarily about the people. He was more about the financing of like his campaign. So I guess like I think that that really 
just showed me like who he was as a person but I mean who knows I, I mean I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt I mean also remember in Holian's class in uh, U.S. Congress when we looked at uh, you know what Congress people do in a day that's insane like he probably doesn't have time to you know say oh. hi to like every intern that works for him yeah so I guess time. you have to think about that yeah like, not trying to advocate for Ted Bud here but <laughs> no 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 but yeah like I think that's super important is to look at like I mean they spend what like six excuse me six months out of the year here and then six months maybe even more than that at the hill mm. so like they really do like their time is so strange so we can't expect them to be excuse me i have the hiccups now we can't expect them to be like everywhere but like i don't know when you're campaigning for a district i'd at least expect you to at least go and see who is campaigning for you i mean like even though i knew i wasn't gonna vote for him just after reading like his policy i i really did do the internship just for like experience um but like i don't know like there was just something like i don't know i guess as a representative like i'm living in your district we're, we're campaigning for you you would think that they would come but they didn't like I, I live in his district, and, like, he, so, like... Who is he, Austin? Give us the real answer. I don't know him. No, uh, <laughs> so, like, whenever we went to, like, D.C. and, like, we spoke to him, um, he was like, oh, yeah, like, right down that road, like, you know, like, I, I know where that's at, yada, yada, yada. But, like, the thing is, is, like, maybe he's, like, stopped by there, but he's never, like, came mm-hmm. to, like, mm-hmm. my town and, like, actually, like spoke to anybody yeah yeah did anything yeah he like asked us all our high schools i'm like okay you know every school in north carolina sure yeah like and he was like dead silent whenever i said like my high school and i was like which is in his district yeah out of every i prefer not south davidson (laughs) high school um davidson yeah i don't know that school interesting you know about davidson oh i know about davidson we don't talk about it now it's fine davidson is near charlotte right oh no we're talking about davidson are you talking about doesn't matter right now. Wait, Davidson County. Yeah. Okay. Oh no. Okay. I thought okay. you were talking about like Davidson. We like, Wait, I'm so confused. No, no, are we no. Not in Guilford. This we're is Guilford County. County. <laughs> yeah. What? He, he. Okay. So he. Ted Bud represents uh, part of Guilford County, like a tiny part to like UNCG and like back down to mm. Davidson and Davie County. Does he? Does he represent Randall County a little bit? I can't remember. Rand. Randall. Randolph. That's no, what it's called. No, what did you say? Not Randall. Oh my. I'm so no, sorry, guys. I do not know North Carolina. Randolph is somebody else's oh, district. Okay. But yeah, he's only Isn't that Mark Walker? Possibly. Mm. Yeah, Mark Walker is like the rest of Guilford County. Oh, okay. I think. And, well. So then probably not. I don't know. I, I don't know the congressional. But yeah. Well, but I guess the point is, is that like, I don't know. Like he, I don't know what it is with him. Like I've met other congressmen, but like with him, it was just so weird. Like. He really does not, I feel like he really does not spend time here, but, like, this is also part of his job, to at least spend time in your district. Yeah. I don't and know. Like, great, he, I mean, he doesn't represent, like, the biggest district, mm. but, like, he represents, like, a very, like, Oh, vast, green, oh, heck, yeah. Like, Davidson County and Davie Davidson County. Davidson County is huge. Yeah, yeah, and, like, Davie County is small, but, like, it's very rural, too. So, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no know, offense like, to him, but I feel as though, like, this, like, the Guilford County is such a vital county to be over but he's only over like this little like tiny bit yeah in the that's true of it, like the that's south true. western corner so like his, his pr- 
presence in like Gilbert County is very small. The rest of it is, I think, Mark Walker's. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's a like whole another topic of like why I Gilbert County split like this. But hmm. I mean, there's like North Carolina is still in like there's court case with Not their gerrymandering. Yeah. Yep. I was talking about that just the other day. Did you see their new the new map? It is. No. They're doing okay. So like they've always been trying to do this like uh, all I think black voter district for years now, and so like their new map as like basically what they've originally wanted, but it's so weirdly shaped. That's how it always is. Man. Like it's so odd. Yeah. Like I, I like I. I'm giving them credit for at least trying to, but like if it's it like I feel like it messes up everything. Cause like, it's like okay. So normally districts are supposed to be like compact, you know. Yeah, we also talked about in U.S. Congress. Like yeah, what a district is supposed to be. But, but this it's one is like, like a sliver. It's not like it's like literally just like a little like a sliver or something. It it's so weirdly shaped. Like I just feel like they're just they're. Well, it would be better for them to just do like an actual. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. I, yeah, I get it, and, like, gerrymandering is obviously a really big problem in North Carolina, uh, specifically, mm. but there are just so many requirements for what oh, a yeah, district has true. to be, you know, like, compact, continuous, mm-hmm. uh, that even number of people in every district in the state, like, that's, that's crazy. insane, yeah. and, you know, I think, although the North Carolina legislator doesn't do the best job, it could it's not an easy task no it's not so i mean how did they how did they come up with this the rule of i think it's somewhere in uh the court is it like is it like a state law that they have or is it like no i think it's a court mandated Mm -hmm. yeah okay i mean like i don't know it's just i always feel like it's it's weird because it's the same for every state yeah okay yeah yeah so but uh yeah, I, I just think it, it's easy to look at a map and be like, "What? That looks ridiculous! Like, what kind of a map is that?" But I guess like you have to take into account. That's everything. true, and I guess they're North Carolina is not trying to disenfranchise like their voters, so like I I think that they are taking into account of like who is within their state. It just looks so it looks yeah. really weird. Like I don't think it. I feel like it, it would be a, a mistake to shape it that way. Like, I feel like there should be another way. But, like, they also, they expect them to do this, like, every two years. Do they not? No, mm-hmm. every 10 years. Oh, it's with the census. Okay, yes, every 10 years. So, Excuse like, me. in 2020, the census will, like, be done. And then 2021, the maps will be redrawn for 2022. And oh, I think God. that's, like, why it's so important this year because it's an election year and mm-hmm. census year, so. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. If, you, if you look at how like north carolina district lines follow it's like three republicans and like 10 no excuse me three democrats and 10 republicans really yeah like we're like really like partisan on that lean and like the state legislature has not made it like any more like you know what is bipartisan Mm -hmm. so should it be yeah like better leaning for like yeah because like north carolina like overall is like Leaning. I think we were a swing state. That's the thing. We were we're leaning like Republican after the last election. I think we're like plus three. Oh, okay. And like during Obama's elections, we were plus three for the Democrats. Interesting. Like we we just we we're floating back and forth, but like twenty twenty sixteen was like 
a Republican mm. for North Carolina. But, like, we're not, like, a solid Republican state. We're yeah. not a solid yeah. Democrat Also, state, we're you know? growing so much, especially, like, major oh, metropolitan yeah. areas. Mm. Like, Charlotte. Charlotte has hometown, home so much. Amen. Everyone go to Queen Charlotte, Queen City. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, so then the question – oh, sorry. The question would be, I guess, should it be state legislators drawing the maps or should it be someone else? Like – I, I, is it California that has that law that it's not state legislators, but it's like a committee or something? A lot of mm. um, states, like in the West, like to have that. So, like California has a, I'm gonna make up numbers, but like let's say it's like five Democrats, five Republicans, and then five um, independent, unaffiliated quotations. People working on it. Um, so, like you have that situation with them. Um, I think Arizona has their own way of going about it. But, like, it's a committee and, like... Does it work? I don't know. Like, I don't really know California politics that well. Like, mm. well, I would say, like, it works sort of. No? Well, I think you know I remember uh, actually talking about California when we talked about uh, district mm-hmm. uh, boundaries. Like, in North Carolina, we have the problem of gerrymandering. But in California, I think... Uh, their system kind of favors incumbents more, oh, which is like yeah, a whole yeah, problem yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really well, anytime, like, make election lines. Like, they're just going to try to favor the people who are already in those offices. Oh, that's so, so f- like, messed up. Whenever they redrew the lines uh, for 2017 for the 2018 primaries, like, they made sure that, you know, Ted Budd was still going to be favored for the 13th district, yeah. the 12th district. And they made sure, you know, Mark Walker, um, Butterfield, like all those people were still like safe. So I mean, like, oh, but should it be about the inc- like? Oh my god, I just ha- there's just like I feel like this is just gonna take us into like a whole different topic of like incumbents versus yeah. like newcomers, or like uh, wh- what do they call it? The people have like the seniority rule or something mm-hmm. like with incum. Uh, I just have so much like beef with that because like I feel like it just really limits. We don't have that anymore. Seniority rights. Oh, okay. Because they would get committee chair positions. That's right. We oh, that, yeah, okay. The exactly. conditional party government, yeah. yeah. So much, so much <laughs> things that we have to learn. But, uh, unfortunately, we are, we are ending. Are you sure? Oh. oh I, got, I got, like, I another fast. 45 minutes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got, like, we got time. A little. What time is it? Uh, 10.42. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I know you guys would just love us to continue talking and speaking. I was just having so much fun. Or, I know. Lost our track of time. What time did we get here? Like at nine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought we got here at eight. I was like, wow, we talked for a long time. <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much for, for coming today. Like this, I, I love talking about Congress. Or I, Stop it, Gabby. She's <laughs> giving me a loop. I get so cheesy about it. I don't know. That's cool. Because we're going to be in there. Like It's so interesting. Like I don't know about Corinne necessarily but i know you too especially like you guys love congress it's definitely like a fun time to like talk about congress i like talking about it and studying it from like the academic point of view i don't know if i would ever want to uh run run it's just he's gonna run i'm very against i'm gonna say uh, no partisan uh, oh yeah Uh, i think it's not 
good for the system. I don't want to get off on another tangent. But I'm so. like, I don't. I, even when I run, I really don't want to run with a party. I know that sounds so bad. Like I'm probably never gonna get elected if I do that. <laughs> but like, this I is her thirty second time running. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if she gets secure this. Time. Oh my god, she's not tired of this. But like, I really just don't want to run with a party. Like, I just I want people to. Be, I want to be honest about what I want to do, and I want to be honest with my constituents and if they like it or they don't then that'd be it i think that's the biggest shift that needs to be made is like honesty and transparency i know transparency has been a hot word uh topic lately here on green did you not want to talk about but um (laughs) but i think that if politicians were more honest about what they truly like felt and believed and wanted then like politics wouldn't be as like dramatic as they are yeah we're like and actually kept with you know yeah what they wanted like that's a, i think that's a fear where it, I, I think everyone always tells me that when i get to follow like get to congress i'm gonna get corrupt i generally don't think i'm gonna get corrupt you, will. you know what austin <laughs> you know it you can't get around it. It, it it's like a part of you know like you know sororities and fraternities have like you know initiations so like that that's initiation well then i give you guys complete access and like give you guys that control if i ever start acting up (laughs) just just slap me i mean i think it's great that like you want to change the system and you know like be better than everyone else but like i think in order to do that you have to work within the system Mm. you have to play the games yeah you have to just go with it once i'm gonna play i feel like it was in spy kids 3 okay let's not (laughs) (laughs) let's not i think we should end here okay um well thank you guys so much for listening uh today was a special day for me because it was my birthday obviously i have to throw that in wow literally mentioned at the end of the podcast i'm so sorry everyone you'll get no birthday birthday? no (laughs) let's not um but i did turn 21 so like i expect everyone listening to this to tell me happy birthday i'm just kidding uh but thank you guys for listening uh we hope you enjoyed this episode on I don't know, Congress? Congress dot dot dot. Congress dot dot dot. Um, But we hope to see you guys next week or maybe even next semester. We still gotta... I mean, we could, but like... Could we? Uh, uh, You know what? Let's just say that to be continued. Um, So this has been Ariana. I'm Corinne. I'm Gabrielle. Awesome. And this this is America. Thank you guys for listening.